So I do get to introduce Dr. Julio Volsi this morning. Uh, he is with Haiti Teen Challenge. And Dr. Volsi uh, is a man that God is using as the tip of the sword. We, we often hear about uh, in Haiti uh, hurricanes and earthquakes and disasters, both man-made and natural. And what he is doing is he is leading a revolution in the nation of Haiti for God's glory. And it started with uh, a group of men in Haiti Teen Challenge, and it is just continuing to grow from there. And it is fun to hear about the ministry and the work that you're doing. Truly, it is a movement of God, and it is a privilege for us to have you here this morning. If anybody can talk about radical prayer, both from a point of experiencing it, doing it, and seeing the results of it, it's you. So thank you for being here from the Open Door Christian Church. Uh, Welcome to you. And so with the help of my daughter, I'm going to try this. Okay, bonjour. Bonjour. Bienvenue. You did very well. Oh man, that's Sounds impressive. Yeah, he's, he's not only have a he's not only have a radio face, but he also can speak Creole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, good morning. Let's try like just like Pastor Steve. Good morning. Bonjour. Bonjour, uh, Pastor Steve. Your people sounds more impressive than you, and uh, so it is good to be here. It's always good to be here at uh, uh, Open Door. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, you are truly family and, uh, you, uh, prove it, you know, years and years, um, uh, when it comes to your love, your prayer, um, your, uh, financial donation toward the ministry of Haiti Teen Challenge. Uh, God is, uh, God is, uh, alive and active in Haiti in the midst of this, uh, COVID and on all the unrest, um, and, uh, in our society. It's, um, I, this morning, I, uh, when, when I was invited to come, so I was wondering if I should talk about Teen Challenge or preach, but Pastor Steve asked me to speak about uh, radical prayer, and, uh, and that's what I want to do this morning. And hopefully in the middle of our sermon, I can probably share a couple of stories with you and what God is uh, doing in, in Haiti. Uh, a person who actually uh, radical, as you can, you, I'm sure you know, it's a, it's a person who is bold, it's a, it's a person that's willing to take risks uh, for God. And uh, the, the other words you can use for radical, it's uh, boldness, uh, brave, ambitious, uh, or someone who's determined. Uh, there's no way that we can do a ministry in, uh, in the country of Haiti uh, and not to be um, radical because uh, that's our, our only, way, only way out. Now, if the definition that I gave you, I read them on Google. Uh, so, but uh, there's also what you call a, a Christian, or uh, what you call a, a Christian uh, definition for radical or boldness. Um, the, the being radical uh, is having courage and standing for what is right, no matter what others think or say. Uh, because whenever you stand for something, you believe in something, uh, others will say what they think and what they believe. But you've been called to be radical, so it's, it's to, stand no, to stand no matter what. It's doing God's will uh, and continuing on the path that he put you on regardless of the hardship you may face. Because um, doing God's will doesn't mean that things are going to be always, you know, um, uh, perfect. Radical, in, in the biblical sense, is not a personal personality threat, I mean, uh, trait. But uh, radical is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction in the face of some threat. Um, talking about threat in you know, difficulty times, you guys all know that uh, we are living in a very uh, difficult season uh, as, uh, as, 
as people. Uh, it's everywhere. And this definition, is, it contains three ingredients uh, as when you come to a Christian who is bold. The, the first one is uh, we have to, we see a spiritual conviction, a spiritual, a spiritual courage, uh, and then we see a spiritual uh, ur- urgency. Uh, I believe that we are in, in a society where we uh, need to stand. And when the COVID uh, um, um, hit in Haiti, uh, we, were, we were really having fun as a local church, as a, as a ministry. We were growing. Uh, we are getting ready to celebrate the fourth year of our existence as a church. And um, in nine, uh, ten years, at, I mean, nine years as a ministry when it comes to Haiti Teen Challenge. And on um, March 16, you know, we make the announcement on March 20, 20, um, 22nd, we're going to have a big celebration. And then COVID hit and, you know, what happened to the, to the local church. Uh, but in the midst of that, it's one thing that I, um, uh, in, in prayer, and, and I ask myself uh, this question. It's a question that I ask myself, but I know only God can give me the answer to the, to the question. Uh, the question was, um, uh, uh, because uh, the, the, this question was very important, because I understand that without, without uh, 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 any uh, conviction, um, it was probably... Easy to, you know, to just, you know, wash your hand and walk away. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have uh, some of my um, uh, young men, they, uh, they, 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 they said, you know what, is it over? It is, you know, are we still going to have Teen Challenge? Are we still going to have our local church? Um, and, and, and as a result, I asked myself this question, but it's a question that I pretty much give me conviction based on what I learned in the book of Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 7, when Paul talked about the characteristic that the Holy Spirit living in us as believers, because the Holy Spirit living in us, we are full of strength or power, and we are full of love, and we are full of wisdom. So because we are full of those things, and I ask myself this question, what do I believe that would require a radical decision to accomplish, but if it could be done, would, would, would uh, radically Changed my life in the midst of the COVID, in the midst of the unrest, uh, all the polit- political uh, challenges. Because um, uh, for you who are uh, a Christian and a parent and a, and a leader, in, in hard time, um, people like myself, you know, I have to meet the, the demands of of the people who are following me because I have a staff in Haiti and I have church people, church members. Uh, I have to meet the demands of my family. Uh, I have to meet the demand of the organization that I'm leading, and I have to meet the demand of myself. And so that was the question that really, that really helped me. So what do I believe at that time? And I still believe that uh, that would require a bold uh, or radical decision to accomplish. But if it could be done, it would radically, radical, radically, radically change my life. You see, this is why I passed Pastor Steve in, in, when it comes to... Um, I was just a cuteness, but better looking because with this accent, come on, I, I, I am, I'm past this guy with the accent. And I know you're following me based on that. Um, but so when I ask the question, the, the thing that God revealed to me is that I need to pray, I mean, radical uh, prayers. Um, and in order for me to do something that will uh, change my life, that in order for me to make a decision that will change my life in a radically, I need to pray in a radical way, pray, I mean, uh, ways. 
Uh, this morning, I want to share a story with you in the book of Acts. Uh, it's going to be Acts chapter 4 uh, and chapter 5. But the, the beauty about the book of Acts uh, from chapter uh, 1 to chapter 5, where I'm go- going to, to share, um, you see that it was all about prayer. In the book of Acts, it's all, all about prayer. Because in Acts chapter 1, uh, we see that the disciples, they were waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. They were in the upper room. They were praying. Uh, we see in chapter uh, 2, after the church got um, in birth, and uh, they were sitting and learning the word of God. Uh, I'm glad uh, to hear that, you know, open door. It's all about the Bible. And they were also in, in communion, just like we just did. And then I cannot wait for the COVID to be over because they also do another ship, I mean, uh, in fellowship eating together. And then the fourth thing, they're always praying in chapter 2. In chapter 3, the Bible said that, uh, Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple during the hour of prayer. So it's all about prayer. And then in chapter 4, we see that the disciples, actually, they prayed a radical a prayer, and they did the same thing in chapter, in chapter, uh, uh, chapter 5. So what happened is, um, after the church was birthed, and the Bible said that Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple, and then they met a guy, and the guy's been sick for 40 years, or over 40 years. Um, um, just like we have people in our community, in our environment, uh, people in our jobs, um, in our, at our workplace, and people probably in our own family, they're sick. And so Peter and John, uh, you know, pretty much healed that guy because of the power that was living in them based on, uh, on Second Timothy chapter uh, 1 verse 7 because they're full of, you know, of power and, and, and they're full of um, uh, love. So they have compassion and they heal the guy. And guess what happened? The religious leader got upset with Peter and John, and so they decided to arrest them, and they put them in jail because after that, guy, that, that, that man got healed, more people come to know Christ, about 5,000 people, you know, the church grew, so people got upset, and they arrested Peter and John. They put them in jail. So they were arresting them, and they want Peter and John to answer one question. And we, see, we find this question in chapter 4, verse 7, of Acts chapter 4, verse 7. And the question is, by what power or what name did you do this? Uh, because we've been seeing this guy around. He's been dealing with this, you know, with this uh, 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 sickness for so many years. And no one can actually do anything for him. So we heard that you healed this guy. By what power or what name did you do this? And then in Peter and John, they uh, going to use this question as an opportunity to share the gospel, and I hope it should be the same for you and for me. Whenever that we're in a position, uh, 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 people ask us question in conversation to share the power of God. And the Bible said that Peter and and and, and John and respond. They said in verse ten, then they know this: you all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucify, but whom God raised from the dead. That this man stands before you healed. It is it's nothing to do with me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. It's because of I have a life of prayer. It's because that I prayed radical prayer, which they're going to pray. And it is because of the power of, 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 the, of God. Or it's by the name of Jesus, the man uh, actually healed. The man is standing in front of you. Now, because of the statement... Uh, 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 they made, so the, the religious leaders, there's something happened to them. The Bible said in verse 13, they, when they saw the courage or the boldness 
or radical of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, simple men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now, they were amazed. I did not say that they were happy with Peter and John. I did not say that they liked Peter and John. I did did not say that they want to be friends with Peter and John. But they were amazed because they, they noticed that they were ordinary men. But those ordinary men, there was something in them. They were full with the power of God, full with love of God, and full with wisdom of God. So as a result, so the religious leader understood at that time that, so that movement of Peter and John is going to be big. Because it was nothing to do with Peter and John. So because of that, they told Peter and John, I'm going to release you, you know, after one night in jail. But stop preaching the gospel. Stop healing people. Stop restoring people. And Peter and John, of course, they did listen to those guys. Because again, they want to be radical for Christ. And Peter and John went and they did exactly what church, what, what church people do, what Christians do when we are in trouble. They went and they shared with the church and the church prayed. Uh, I, I, the, the, the one, one thing that I, about this, this, this story is, um, in my case, when I'm reading this, I thought the fact that Peter and John was pretty much under persecution, you cannot push the gospel, so... Maybe I thought Peter and John was going to do a prayer where they were going to ask God, you know, to save, save them, protect them, you know, um, uh, the, the type of prayer that you and I, we have been doing. Uh, but the Bible said that after Peter and John explained to the church what had happened, that they spent a night in jail, and the Bible said that they church started to pray in chapter 4, verse 23, and they are communicating about God the same way that you did the Lord's Prayer. And they said, God, you are the creator, you are the, the heaven and the earth. You accomplished everything. As a matter of fact, you communicated with your servant David and that you revealed to us what's going to happen. And then they said in verse 28, they said, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. In other words, they arrested us because that was your will and your This is what you wanted. They did not arrest us because they were powerful. They did not take advantage of us because they're strong. But it was what you wanted. You allowed that to happen. So we understand we are okay with that. And after they made the statement, because they understand, they understand that who God is, and now they're going to make a, a radical prayer. Because in time... Of difficult time, I don't know for you, I don't ask God to, you know, to uh, make me more vulnerable. In difficult time, I ask God to, you know, protect me, to save me, you know, to take care of me. But the Bible said that Peter and John and the entire church prayed in verse 29. They said, now, Lord, consider their threat and enable your servant to speak. Now, I, I want you to understand that where they are, what they're doing. They said, don't preach. They're going to kill us. They're going to beat us. They're going to put us in jail. Consider those things. But enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They said, don't preach the gospel. But I want you, Lord, to make us radical when it comes to sharing the gospel. And not only that, but also, verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That was the prayer. I want you to make me radical. 
I want you to make me boldness. But at the middle, but why they're trying to stop me? But I want you to still heal people, to still restore people, still transform people, transform people. I want you to know that um, it is true that things are upside down. Uh, we, you know, um, the, we, we know it. You know, um, the the with this uh, COVID nineteen. But I believe that in the midst of all this chaos, God can still stretch His hand to heal people, to restore people, to transform people. Anyone of use you and I uh, to do that, just like He's done for the disciples. And then after the prayer, after that radical prayer, because they didn't ask God to protect them, they didn't ask God to save them. You know, they were not crying, you know, God, you know, if you don't do something for me, they're going to put me in jail. The Bible said after the, they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaking. It's like an earthquake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They spoke the word of God in a radical way. They represent God, you know, the way that God wanted them to represent God. I want you to know that you have to understand whenever that you are called or you want to be radical, you made radical prayer for God, you are going to face hardship. Uh, I, um, Haiti, again, it's a, it's a very challenging place. Some of you have been there. It's a very difficult. It's a country that's been suffering now for over 200 years. Um, uh, if you talk about insecurity, it's Haiti. If you talk about, you know, lack of education, it's Haiti. If you talk about, you know, not enough funding, it's Haiti. If you're talking about, I mean, you think your government have issues, come to Haiti. Um, uh, if you want to talk about insecurity, Haiti, 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 Haiti. But I remember that we made a radical prayer. The, the a board of, uh, in Minnesota, in challenge, made a radical prayer about, I mean, prayer in Haiti, about Haiti, because we, Haiti, the, the other thing about Haiti is, here in America, you can fail, people will give you a second chance. In Haiti, we don't give a second chance. If you fail, you're no good, we just get rid of you. Uh, if you are involved in, you know, drugs and gangs and things like that, there's no place for you in society. Well, 10 years ago, a group made a radical prayer. They said, you know what, it's possible because even though things are hard in Haiti, but God also lives in Haiti. We can create an environment where we can give people a second chance so they can meet God and they can be restored, they can be transformed. And we opened the ministry of Haiti Teen Challenge. As you know, you know, young men, young women, you know, came from their drugs habits, you know, their uh, gangs habits, uh, they, they, I mean, prostitution. So they came to the program, they give their life to Christ. And those men and those, those young women, they also want to serve God. You know what happened when you met Christ. You want to serve. You know, you want to give your life to Christ, especially new believers. But only one thing, the religious leaders at that time said there is no place for those young men, for those young women, because they don't dress like them, they don't talk like them, you know, they have tattoos, you know, they don't cut their hair the, the same way. They, 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 I mean, there was no place for them to serve God. And those young men, young women, they want to worship, they want to sing in the worship team, they want to do small groups. You know, they want to do guest services, but there was no environment for them. So we made another radical prayer. We said, God, you know, give us enough courage to, you know, establish a local church in Haiti where that, uh, the, 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 those troubled young men, troubled young women can create an environment where people can come to know you. 
Well, let me tell you this. God heard that prayer. And God blessed our church, you know, tremendously. And we have in a great church in Haiti now. We're in two locations. And if you have no hope, Rendezvous Church is the place to come. If you feel trouble, if you want to be restored, it's the place to call to come because we made a radical um, um, prayer at that time. So when you pray radical prayer, there will be some hardship because we're also facing so many uh, hardship in Haiti. But we keep moving forward with the gospel because we know the only way out is with the gospel. And the Bible says that as the Peter and John pray, and they become so powerful that you know, the Holy Spirit was in them. The Bible said that Peter will just, just walk around, people would get healed, and they would get saved. And, and then the religious leader came after Peter and John, and they arrest them for a second time. Imagine, imagine you've been in jail Two times in one week for the sake of the gospel. Because they arrest them on the second, for a second time. And the Bible said that uh, they arrest them for a second time because we have to understand that being radical for God, a radical prayer will always cause it adversity and spiritual opposition. In verse 18, chapter 5, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. Prior, maybe they will put them in a... Uh, in a, in a Jewish jail, but now they're in a public jail. Or maybe they were um, in, a, in, a, in a jail, now they're in a prison. So they put them in a, prison, I mean, a public jail because they will continue to preach um, the, the gospel. If you have a vision to see your community change, I'm, I'm going to probably go a little bit more radical on that. If you have a vision to see your nation change, they're going to be opposition. They're going to be adversity. But you have to remain, you have to be radical because God wants the change. God wants to restore people. God wants to transform people. God restored me. He transformed me. And he wants the same thing for, for other people. You have to understand adversities will come, opposition will come, because following Jesus doesn't mean that everything around your life is going to be well. It took me a long time to learn that. But following Jesus does it mean that everything around you is going to be well? I remember uh, in 2004, I was called to go pastor my first church in Florida. It was a Haitian church in Creole. So we speak Creole too in, in the U.S. And, uh, and um, I, I had, I, my biggest vision was um, uh, three things. I mean, well, just like uh, your church is, I, I remember I, I wrote on a piece of paper that um, we are going to really love God. We're going to be a church that really love God, love people. And building a community of believers. And I said, with this vision, you know, there's no way that people is not going to love me. I thought everybody in my city was going to love me. Well, I'm here to announce to you that I remember one time after I did a series of, of messages on, on about, the, you know, the, the importance of grace. And there were about 14 church leaders in that community. They met, they had a special meeting about me to know what is the best way they can close down my church. Um, but you know what? Love prevailed. At the end of my ministry in Florida, they became my best friend. And God really blessed not only my ministry, but also the ministry uh, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So, being walking with Christ, radical prayer, doesn't mean that everything's going to be always well. But we can, we can live radical life. The second thing that we need to know is uh, um, radical prayer will always release God's miracles. I think we live in a society. I need that for Haiti. 
And I hope you need, you know, you need that for America. I mean, America needs a, America needs a miracle. America needs a big miracle. It's a miracle that will, you, you need to be radical people in order to get this miracle. Uh, Haiti needs Haiti need a breakthrough. But we believe that that breakthrough can only come through radical prayers. Because when you do radical prayers, that will release God's miracles. Verse 19 said, But during the night, while they were in public jail, during the, the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night. You know, imagine that you're in prison, you know, and then an angel just showed up and opened the door. You know, um, and the Bible said that, and brought them out. Open the jail and brought them out. And I like the way that Ruth, you know, I mean, uh, Luke, you know, written this, this, this uh, uh, specific story. And th- there was no excitement. Imagine you're in prison for the second time, the same week, and in the middle of the night, an angel showed up. You know, there should be some excitement. Well, because they were radical disciples, because they... Are made or they prayed radical prayers, it's normal for the angels of the Lord to visit them. If you, your family are praying radical prayers, this, this church is praying radical prayers, if you are praying radical prayers for, your, for this community, if you are you praying radical prayers for your state, uh, Minnesota, you guys have been very popular in the news, you know that. Uh, if you're praying radical prayer for, your, for Minnesota, if you're praying radical prayer for the nation, for your nation, it's normal for God to visit you, for his angel to visit you. And that's why the disciples, they were not, you know, excited or, you know, shocked because they expected God to visit them because they prayed radical prayers. I, uh, one thing that I, I always say that about our ministry, I just believe that God's going to take care of us. Um, I just believe that. Um, and, uh, and as a result, uh, in my humble opinion, I, I, I think that I'm humble, except my wife doesn't believe that. Um, and, and Pastor Steve, you know, with that good-looking thing that we have been fighting on over. And um, when, by the way, I will I'll let you to let you know that about the the look thing. When Pastor Steve in front of you, he's trying to be nice. Said, okay, he's the better good-looking. But when I'm with him in private, he said, No, man, you're not better looking than me. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just don't tell him I said that because he's not in the front row. Um, so, but in my, in my humble opinion, I'm, I believe that, um, I, you know, I would take myself for humble. I don't know. But, but in that, I believe for certain that God is taking care of, is going to take care of us. And that's why when God bless our ministry, I'm not surprised. I am grateful, but I'm not surprised because I believe in him. Because I know that with no doubt, I have no other way out. I don't have any options. My only option is him. If he doesn't do something for me, nothing good going to happen to my life. And I believe the same thing for Haiti. If God doesn't do something for the country of Haiti, Haiti has no way out. So as a result, so our prayers are only radical prayers because we believe that our only, our, our only way out is God himself. So not only that our radical prayers will create adversity, opposition, but Radical prayers will also release God's miracle. And the third thing that the radical prayers will do, the radical prayers will also always, is always required, obedient and faith. 
always required obedience in faith. Because the Bible said that in verse 20, chapter 5, when the angel showed up, those guys been in prison. This is the second time in one week arresting them because they were sharing the gospel. But the angel said, go stand in the temple courts. And uh, said, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. Go and preach the gospel again. Go and do exactly what you got arrested for. Did they arrest you because you're preaching the gospel? Go and do the, go and do the same thing. And then because they believe in God, because they're obedient, verse 21 said, at, day, at daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people about God. You know, go do the same thing. I don't know for me, because I've never been arrested for the gospel. I don't know if I will be, you know, wake up early in the morning. Maybe I'll probably try to have a conversation with my wife first and the kids. And I know what my wife would say. Hey, don't go down. You know, give it some time. I will probably call some of my advisors and say, you know, what do you think? I got arrested, you know, twice for the same thing. But I heard an angel uh, say that, you know, need to go and do the same thing. Maybe they will probably think that something going on in my mind. Um, um, but you know what, Those, the, the disciples, they woke up early in the morning and they went and they do exactly what they're told to do. Because we serve, we serve a God who loves, we serve a God who can, who loves to reverse the plan of the enemy. The enemy said, don't preach, but God said, go ahead and preach. The, the enemy went to put people under bondage, but God wants to restore people, deliver people. The, the enemy wants to kill still, but God wants to, you know, to give us freedom and to give us life. So we serve a God who loves to reverse the plan of the, of the enemy. You know, just before I let you go this morning, maybe you're probably asking, you know, what, is, what, what next? You know, with this idea of the radical prayer, what, what next? Um, for us in, in Haiti... Um, we were doing it before the COVID. We are doing it now. We are doing it for you. Um, I, uh, I didn't say that in first service. Um, but I really, really, really love God. And I'm saying this, you know, I know that I am on, on camera and my people are going to be able to hear that. When we heard that uh, your president got the COVID, we know that God, gonna, you know, we know that he was going to be fine. We knew that. Uh, because you guys have great, great technology and all that, so we know that. We didn't pray for heal, his healing because you know he was going to be fine. But we pray for one thing. We said, God, make President Trump, when he come out, sorry I'm going to say that, but I have to say it. When he come out, that he's going to speak about the name of Jesus. And we pray that radically. And uh, we said that. We said that publicly. We said, make me say that, you know, like Jesus is the king, you know, Jesus is in charge. Well, I was watching the news the other day. He said exactly that. He said that, you know what, they said that I'm popular, God, I'm not. You know, there's one man who is really popular. His name is Jesus Christ. And then I, when I saw the video, I shared with my people. So even in those things, you know, your president have no business with me. It's your business. But just to show that when you pray the radical prayer, God can answer you, even in things that are not really your business. So the question that probably we want to ask this morning, and I would like for you to ask this question this morning, because I'm, I've been asking this question, and God's been revealing things to me, is, what is 
What is your next best thing that you can do for your God? Uh, when, you, when you look at your family, you look at and your community, you look at your city, your, your, your state, uh, you look your nation, the United States of America. What is, or your life, personal life, what is your best thing that you can do for your God? Uh, I'm not talking about my God. You know, I'm talking about your God, your God, your, your, because you have a personal relationship with Him. And uh, if you're not in that position yet, um, I hope that you are. I hope that you accept Him. Because the Bible uh, uh, shared with us, and, and actually Luke, not only the author of the book of Acts, but also the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, um, a, a very a powerful moment the disciples had with Jesus. Jesus was and still is a very powerful man. We learn in the Bible, in the four Gospels, in the book of Acts, that he healed the sick, uh, he restored people, he uh, raised uh, you know, people from you know, the dead, uh, people who just got died, he raised them, those who were buried, you know, three days. I mean, Jesus did some powerful thing. He spoke over the, the, the sea, and the sea calmed down. Um, uh, when, he, when he preached, you know, uh, uh, his, the, his way was so powerful. If you're sitting around Jesus, if you're thinking of something, he, he told you exact, exactly what you're thinking about. I wish I was Jesus right now to know exactly what you're thinking about, but I'm not. So you're safe. So he was a very powerful man. He fed the, the hungry, and the disciples experienced all that. We learned that in the Bible, there are times the disciples would come up with something, and then Jesus will go against it. Jesus will probably rebuke them. For example, Peter. Peter, remind me of myself. Uh, Peter will, you know, one time Jesus said, you know, Peter, you know, I need to wash your feet. And Peter said, no, Lord, you know, you don't need to do that. I'm okay, you know, you don't need to. You don't, Lord, you don't have to wash my feet. Jesus said, no, if I don't wash it, you're not going to enter my kingdom. You have, you know, no part of my kingdom. And Peter said, okay, do you want me to get, you know, undressed right now because I want you to shower me? Jesus said, no, you missed it again. I don't have to shower you. All I have to do is to wash your feet. You, you remember that uh, when Jesus was about to get arrested, Peter said, I don't want you to die. Don't, don't, don't die. You can't die. And Jesus rebuked uh, Peter. So we find in the Bible, there are many times the disciples made certain requests, and Jesus always gets a, go against those requests. He always has something Negative to say about the disciples. You know, you the little faith. You could have done much better than that. Go ahead and feed them. But there was one time in the Bible. The disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them how to, you know, perform a miracle. Because Jesus performed many miracles. The disciples could have asked Jesus, you know what? Um, uh, teach me, you know, how to feed people. Um, uh, or, or teach me how to, you know, raise the dead. Uh, or make me, teach me how to be a great preacher. Uh, but the Bible didn't say that. The Bible said that at one time, in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. He was praying in a certain place because that's what Jesus used to do. He was a praying man. I believe that maybe that was probably a Wednesday, but Jesus also prayed on Thursdays. He prayed on, uh, um, on, 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 on Fridays. He prayed on Saturdays, Sundays, Monday, and Tuesdays. Uh, Jesus was not only like a Saturday guy who prayed on, in, on Saturdays, but he, he was a man of prayer. So the Bible said he was in a certain place praying, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, 
Lord, teach us to pray. It was, it was, it was the first time the disciples actually made a request to Jesus, and he has no details, you know, you know, he didn't tell him, you know, you should have said this way or that way. The Bible said that the disciples said, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. With no explanation, no question. It's like something that Jesus was waiting on the disciples to, to ask. And the Bible said that he said to them, when you pray. Not if you pray. Because he knew that the disciples just like him will be in a position, prayer will have to be the central of everything they do. When you pray. And he said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. And that's radical. Because that's the same prayer that uh, Peter and John and the church did in chapter 4, verse 23. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Imagine God's kingdom come. Not, not kingdom of our political party, not kingdom of our nations, not kingdom of our, you know, our family, not kingdom of our businesses, not kingdom of our own life, but your kingdom come. That's, that's, it's radical. Your will be done. You know what, what is it? Your will be done. Not my own will. I have will. You know, and Jesus knew that you have will. But he said, you know what? Don't ask for your own will, but ask for his own will. And give us this day our daily bread. I don't think America needs to pray that prayer because you guys have no bread problem, as we know. You know. Uh, this is a Haiti prayer, you know, literally. But forgive our sins. We all need this. But the radical part behind it, because... It's easy to ask God to forgive our sins. But he said, For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And that is radical. We also. Because you're asking Christ to do something for you that you also will do for someone else. And lead us not into temptation. And, and I believe that especially the local church need that around this time. Because the upcoming election is really leading us into temptation and you know what you wish you could do. What is the application? What is your next best thing you can do for your God? I think if you're here today, you're not a believer. Um, If you're watching online, you're not a believer. I think you can make a a radical prayer and you can be bold about it. You can, you know, God, ask God to make you radical, make you bold enough to accept the free gift of salvation. It's, it's a free gift, and we all need that. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ, I would, I would challenge you to do that. You know, ask God to make you bold enough, make you radical, to accept the free gift of salvation. And it's very easy, you know. All you have to say, you know, Father, you know, I realize that I'm a sinner. I need you. I want to live for you. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. You know, from now on, I want to live for you. If you just say that, you know, with faith, uh, it's, a, it's a radical first step. But those of us who've been, you know, working with Christ, who are believers, who are church people, maybe one other thing, one other prayer that we need to make, uh, maybe we need to say to God, you know, whatever it takes, Lord, jail, criticism, whatever it costs, my money, my time, my talent, whatever it costs, whatever it takes, Lord, decrease the whole that unbelieving fear has over me and increase my boldness to live fully for you.
And not only to live fully for you, because there's no way you can live for God and not share the gospel. There's no way I can live for God and not willing to share the gospel. And to declare the gospel to everyone you put on my path. And there's a way you can do it. Some of you uh, I, I probably think that, you know, it's, we are in a blue-collar zone. So some of you don't, don't think that you're a front person who can stand and, and share your faith. You don't have to be a, a person like to, to, to speak. But all you need, you need to pray God in a radical way and, says, and say to the Lord, whatever it takes. We have a bunch of young men in Haiti, young women. They had no church background, no experience. They're a bunch of young folks, you know. You know the type of pants they like to wear, you know. They don't dress like church people. They don't act like church people. Some of them, they don't have great Bible knowledge. But they prayed that, the same radical prayer that I just mentioned here. And the Lord opened doors for them, and they've been spreading the gospel in the country uh, of Haiti. This morning, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that, you know, in the next 15 days, you're going to have election. Um, um, your, your country, it's, uh, we are watching, you know, out there, I can tell you, it doesn't look pretty. I don't know if you see something else in your, I mean, your TV and your uh, news media, but we don't see, it doesn't look pretty. But it's all right. Because at the time when things doesn't look pretty, for those of us who are believers, there's a way we can do. We can go to the throne and make our request. But those requests, they cannot be lightly. They have to be radical. So I'm going to pray for you this morning, but also while I'm praying, I hope you also pray in your heart and ask God what is the best thing that he wants you to offer him, especially around this season. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today because you love us. Thank you there's nothing that comes by surprise. Thank you that the disciples, they experience the same thing that we're experiencing right now. As a matter of fact, no one is arresting us. Um, they just want us to, you know, uh, promote uh, some of their belief. Um, uh, but those disciples, not only uh, they wanted them to promote their belief, but they arrested them. They got arrested two times in one week. But there's one thing that they had. They were radical about you. Father, I pray that that will be, will be a church, uh, a church that is radical when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the preach, preach the gospel. We pray that America will stand. They will stand for what is right. They will stand for what is good. They will stand for the nation. Understand that it is a gift that you give in them, and it's up to them to protect this gift. And the best way they can do it is when they do radical praise. Same thing not only for the nation, but for the communities, for their, for their families, and for their own life. We love you this morning, and thank you because uh, you don't want to show us how to love and how to pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say amen. amen. Uh, also, a week from Tuesday, the 27th of October, tying into what uh, Julio just said here, we're going to be having a day of prayer at our North 40 campus. We're going to start at 6 a.m. We're going to go to 8 p.m. And our, our staff team and our elders are going to uh, divide up the day. And we're all going to be there for a, a part of the time. And we just want an opportunity to get real serious, to get our knees and pray for the nation and pray for the presidential election and everything that's going on. And so uh, we'll put news out on social media. We'll talk about it next Sunday. But a week from Tuesday, from 6, PM, or 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., we're going to be there. would love to have you be a part of that. Pastor Julio, Dr. Julio, my better-looking younger brother, Julio, I figured out why. 
Do you know why you're the better looking one? Why you have that? hair. Yeah. You have a tan that doesn't go away. That's and you've got that accent that makes you cute. You got that. You right. win. You got that I'm sticking right. to I'm sticking to radio is all I'm going to do. Yeah. You go to you go to TV and live yeah. preaching. Yeah. Thank you for being here, yeah. Vicky, who is the vice president of the board, is traveling with Dr. Volsey, and Emma, who is the new mission coordinator director person. If you would like to be a part of Haiti Teen Challenge and possibly go visit and spend some time with them, this young young lady in the front is the one you want to talk to. Uh, they just want people to understand what you're doing Definitely. and to be there and to see it. And so, thank you so much, my brother for being here and bringing the good word. Thank you, thank you. for reminding us that God wants to hear our radical prayers. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God well, bless you. If, and If you come to Haiti, you'll see more people like me. So come. <laughs> the rest of my brothers, is that what it's going to be? That's right. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs>